We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On this episode of Drinks with Binks, we keep the NHL hashtag content train rolling with former NHL player and analyst for ESPN and TSN, Ray Ferraro. We chat about why the game is more fun to watch these days, what Ray has learned from his Hall of Fame wife, Cami Granato, and why Ray has decided not to broadcast the Olympics in Beijing. We also get to the bottom of what makes a perfect chicken parm from Chicken Parm himself. This is Drinks with Binks. Welcome on into Drinks with Banks. I'm Julie Stewart Banks. Now, this NHL season so far, there has been no shortage of storylines. It's been very Melrose Place esque. That was for you, Mom. Love that show. But really, there's been so much going on so far, and we're only halfway through the season. And so today's guest is going to help me break all of the drama down and more. Someone I've wanted to have on the show for so long, but he works a million jobs around a million cities in a million different countries. And that is none other than former NHL player and current broadcaster for TSN and ESPN, Ray Ferraro, also known as Chicken Parm. Thank you so much for coming on the show here today. And I want to toast to you. Congratulations on a new start to the season and with ESPN. Thank you, Julie. I'm glad to be here. It is, uh, it's been a, been an interesting start, hasn't it? It's been very busy. I heard you and Darren Drager on your podcast the other day saying that, uh, you know, you, you wake up and it's like a new coach has been fired. Someone's been suspended. Like there's just so much going on. How would you, I guess, characterize just the, the first couple months of the season? Well, I'd start by saying it's really cool to have somewhere to go again. You know, like most of us have been just boxed in our homes and, you know, some some you have a good space and some you you know you got less space and uh my wife cammy and i have two two kids that are you know 14 and 11 and then our grandkids live literally next door so like our house is a circus and so to be able to go somewhere and to go to work and to see people again that's made things that's made things awesome it's it's really fun to see people i've known for a long time and people i haven't seen in a long time there's been some not so great stuff with the with the NHL this year too, and um, I'm really hopeful. I, I really am hopeful that 
what has had to happen is the impetus for for change and growth. I, I really think it's there, and I really think there's no going back. For all the crappy stuff that social media is, the fact that there is now, <clears throat> excuse me, is now, means that stuff can't be swept away anymore. And I I believe that's where the growth will spark from. The hockey has been amazing. Like, you know, I I, I know like we're airing on Saturday, um, on Tuesday night, like Trevor Zegras makes this play that everybody fiddles around with in practice, right? Like, but nobody (laughs) does it in a game, except these kids are so skilled and they're so bold. Like, I've been around the NHL since 1985, and I'm telling you, it's more fun to watch these kids now than it's been in a long time. The last time there was this much fun watching games was when Gretzky was playing. Like when they would score seven goals a game and you'd go, oh man, look what Paul Coffey did. And oh, did you see what Gretzky did again? Like there was always that. Now it's different guys all the time and their ability is just, you know, whether it's McDavid or Matthews and now Zegras is a magician. And, you know, what Ovi's doing at his age is, it's just player after player after player, and I, I'm loving it. Why do you think that is? Like, what's maybe changed with the way players are playing the game now that makes it more interesting? I think it goes way back to when they're kids, and the U.S. has been a leader in this, is that they changed their development model probably 25 years ago, and it was less about games and more about skill development. And so these kids would get on the ice, and all they, all they do is they practice and they work on their skills, and then when they play – it's less about, oh, make the right play and oh, we're going to work on our systems. And like you can teach a monkey a system. Eventually, they're going to learn it. But you can't teach the skill unless you teach it young. And so my brother-in-law, Don Granado, has worked at the U.S. development program for a number of years. And he coached Austin Matthews and Jack Eichel and all those guys when they were in the program. He's now the head coach in Buffalo. And he kept talking about the skill of these kids. And I'm watching this video of Austin Matthews at 14 years old that Don had. And I'm like, I I can't believe he's four. Like, look what he's doing. And so the skill development means that they have more skill than we, us guys ever had. It's, it's not even close, but they also have this built in confidence that they can do it. Like they can do it. And they're also having fun doing it. Like I'll, I'll give you an analogy a little bit. Like, so I've never been a blue Jays fan. I'm a baseball fan, never been a Blue Jays fan. I was a Montreal Expos fan. Loved the Expos. Blue Jays came in. I'm like, I don't like these guys. So a few years ago, they have this wild game um, uh, in the playoffs, and Jose Batista bat flips after hitting a dramatic home run. Well, I'm watching it, and I'm like, I don't like that. You know, you're supposed to drop your bat and run. And then the more I watched it, I'm like, that was awesome. So when – Toronto is upset that Logan Stanley does the Johnny Bravo victory thing after his fight with Wayne Simmons and all the old purists are upset. Like who cares? It's fun. And fun is good. Fun means people want to watch. That's what I like about the game. And so I, I was an old curmudgeon, maybe looking at the game. Like this is how we did it. This is how we played. This is what we did. It's not like that anymore. This way is better. 
it's more fun. I, I love it. It is. And you're right. There was sort of like that old guard of, no, you don't celebrate like this. You don't do things like that. And the confidence is certainly uh, something that stood out with Zegris's pass to Milano, oh. which was just absolutely insane. We'll be talking about that one for years and years to come. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, but for you, something uh, that's been fun, you could say, is your return to ESPN and yeah. Bucci Gras just really leaning into the chicken parm theme, oh. putting out photos of chicken parm and tweeting everyone's pictures of it. You know, for you, what's it like coming back and rejoining Bucci Gras and Melrose and, and, and kind of the second chapter of ESPN for you? Well, <clears throat> It's been amazing to be involved. I, di I didn't know that I was going to be able to work it with my gig at TSN. Um, when they started talking about that ESPN was going to be back in the game, I was like, man, maybe I could work something out. Maybe I could be able to, to go back there and work. And uh, so my agent reached out and, you know, a few interviews later. And, uh, you know, so I agree to a deal and, you know, when I started at ESPN, Julia, like it wasn't a job, like I, I was still playing, right? So uh, there was a guy, Barry Sachs, who was in charge of uh, uh, talent at ESPN for ESPN2, which is where NHL Tonight was. And I, he's a big Ranger fan, Barry, it still is, man, diehard. So when I got traded from the Rangers to LA, Kings, of course, were out of the playoffs. Gretzky was traded. It was like getting to a New Year's Eve party, like at 1230 like all the good stuff had already gone. And it was like, you know, there we are. It's LA, but it's not, Gretz isn't here. And so I got a call uh, or my agent got a call and said, uh, would Ray be interested in doing TV for two weeks on NHL tonight? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I never done it, but I said, I've seen him do a lot of interviews. I think he, he could do this. So I went there and um, I land at like three 30 in the afternoon. We're on the air at 11 at night. Now, the games go on, we watch the games, and then we do our an our analysis. I'm so nervous. We're in a studio that is not much bigger than a living room, and it's got a bank of cameras in between two sets, one for the NFL tonight and NHL. I mean, there's only one camera I can be looking at, right? Like, it's as I look at it now, like, how hard could it be? I mean, you just look, the camera's four feet away. It's got a big red light on it. And I was so nervous. So I get through the show and I was wearing a blue shirt and I, I go back to my hotel. I take my jacket off and I've got sweat stains from my elbow to my ribs. 
I am so, I was so scared. And I guess it turned out well. I did the two weeks the next year. Fortunately for my broadcasting career, the Kings were no good again. And uh, we missed the playoffs. So I went back for a month. And so to come back again, like, I just didn't even think it was possible. And, you know, Butchie loves the the chicken parm. I can't believe he's eating it on the air, rating it on the show. If somebody sends a bad batch in there, he's not shy to say that this is American oh, yeah. chicken parm, right? So you got to be pretty confident if you're sending it in. But all the, all the people like Linda Cohn and Barry Melrose and, and Butch that are, that are back, Steve Levy, but also people behind the scenes that I, I literally have not seen in 20 years. And they've moved through the ESPN chain. And I'm like, oh, my God, you guys are still here. Like, you know, it's been it's been really cool to get started. And we're just we're just getting going. Right. We're just getting started. Right. Yeah. Well, it's great to see it back because so many people have great memories from back in the day, as you mentioned. And all of those broadcasters have really kept flying the flag high in hockey and and kept it alive at the worldwide leader in sports. And but I got to ask you, like, how how much chicken parm do you eat? Uh, I'll eat it a few times a month. Uh, okay. three, four times. Do you feel um, like response, uh, responsibility to eat it if it's on the menu? No, I just like it. I just, I search it out. And the key to ordering chicken parm though, is you look around at the other people that have ordered in front of you. And if you see somebody eating it, I make an, uh, honestly, I make an evaluation on my order okay. based on how theirs looks. And so I have not ordered and- because... Yeah, I'm not digging that. I'm not digging the way it looks. But there's really, it's really hard to screw up chicken parm. It's cheese, it's chicken, it's breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love it. So what it. are the, I, the key things that when you look at someone's plate and you're like, okay, that's a good chicken parm? Oh, okay. So the cheese is melted all over the chicken, but there's not too much of it. It's not like a like somebody threw a block of cheese in the middle of it and it just exploded. I don't like that. I don't like the edges of the chicken burnt, but it's got to be cooked. And I don't want too much pasta. Otherwise, you walk out of there with a 1,500-calorie gut bomb and you just feel terrible. Because if it's, it's on the lot. plate, I will eat it. Like, mm. I am not a leftovers person. My my kids and, and my wife, they call me the goat at home. Not greatest of anything. Just if it's on the plate, if it's somebody's leaves leftovers, I just walk by and I eat it. I can't help it. I don't. I don't even know what it is. I don't even want it. I just. I just eat it. <laughs> just, yeah, just like a dog, like eating another dog's meal. Yeah. Well, hey, those are some good tips. We'll keep those in mind for chicken parm going forward. Because I mean, you are. Are you a chicken parm person? I love chicken parm. Yeah, but you're right. If if I'm eating it, I'm like I will feel pretty bad afterwards usually because it's a lot. But you got to eat it. You're not going to eat half of it. You're going to eat the whole thing. No, no, you're not saving the pasta and bringing it home. You're going to take it all right now. Um, Okay, so let's get to some. You mentioned your family. um, And, of course, you have illustrious hockey lines throughout the whole family. And Cami Granato, first female Mm -hmm. in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Scout for the Seattle Kraken, U.S. Olympian. What's something that um, being around her and seeing the game through her eyes, how is it maybe influenced you or helped you look at the game differently? Pretty interesting. So long before she was scouting, um, you know, we're, we're watching hockey. That's what we do. You know, uh, you know, we, there's a lot of nights just hanging out, watching the game, debating it. She likes players. I don't like players. 
um, you know, we like something somebody does. She, you know, we, we don't always align. That's for sure. She has always leaned into the skill guys way more than I did. I'm, I was trying to look more at just, I, I guess, a more complete player. And her view has helped me understand. No, I was an offensive player. I was not. And she was too. Uh, you know, neither of us were going to be confused for checkers. That wasn't going to happen. So <laughs> she helped me realize um, I don't need, like you hear this all the time, a 200-foot player. I don't need a team of 200-foot players. First of all, there's almost none that are. Everybody has a strength somewhere. Like people call a player a 200-foot player. That means he's good in his end. Chances are he's no good in the offensive end. So what I learned, one of the things I learned from Cammy is that why not get some really skilled people and surround them with people to do the shovel work? And so my view has changed mainly because of the way that she you know, we discussed it. So I'll give you this, the examples, the best example is this. Cammy's from Chicago. Uh, for some reason we were in Chicago, um, for the development camp, the year that Jonathan Taves came out of college and Patrick Kane, um, came, you know, got drafted. So they're at camp. I mean, they look totally different. Taves is this much more mature physically player and Kane's this, you know, little skinny kid. And, and it was obvious to see both of them were better than everybody else there. But I said, man, Taves is ready to play and Kane is not. And when Kane won the rookie of the year that year, however many years ago that was, you think I've ever not heard the end of that. <laughs> I was wrong. She yeah. was right. You were pretty wrong on that one, Ray. And it's not the first, it's not the last time. I was way wrong on that. <laughs> But that's great that you guys can sort of like collaborate your different thoughts and opinions on players or the game and really just, you know, kind of make yourselves better because you're getting different opinions. When they were doing the Kraken roster, right, and she was scouting over the past year, um, I'd walk into her little office space and I'd walk in and she'd just turn the computer like away from me. <laughs> like I couldn't see it. She's like, hey, what and do you so, think? Yeah. <laughs> never. Other way. Other way, no, I had, when they drafted those players, that that was the first time I had any clue who they were. And so she said, I, you can't have this information because you'll want to do something with it. So it was the weirdest thing, like the, the Kraken roster, they were doing their mock drafts. I mean, it was on the other side of the door and I'd come, she'd wow. either close the computer or turn it away. So I... I had no idea what was going on. How do you deal with that? Because you're like, oh, but what if like you walk by and you just saw a name and you're like, I, I can't unsee that. Or I can't unhear that. And you are a broadcaster. Like you want to know. First of all, her notes wouldn't her notes wouldn't be organized enough that I would be able to understand it. She's done that on purpose. Yeah. You know, everybody's got their own system, whatever it is. Yeah. Damn, I can't decipher that one. There's no chance. You tried. <laughs> uh, well, She'll leave a note. She write, okay, when you leave a note at home, is it like in order or is it just a bunch of notes on a piece of paper all over the place? I mean, I got my whole interview is just on this. So it's pretty nice. Yeah, but look, it's all no, it's all in order. <laughs> this is my so, Ray Ferraro interview. <laughs> we have like sticky notes all over the place with eight different 
notes going in different directions on the note. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a little chaotic. Drives me crazy. However, it's, mm-hmm. it seems to work for her. She's in the Hall of Fame. I'm not. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so you guys at home, you know, USA, Canada. Yeah. I know you're usually working these big games, but even when it's soccer or it's anything, what's it like in the household between, like, this North American vibe that you guys have going on? Well, the kids are Canadian, and so they cheer for Canada. And so there was, you know, the the one Olympics, uh, I guess it would have been, gosh, could it already have been? 2010? No, the twenty four. Could it already have been that long ago? When twenty fourteen. Um, when yeah. the U S. twenty fourteen. When the U S. hit the goalpost, the women's game hit the goalpost, and Canada came down, and ended up yeah, winning Canada the game. Came back in that game. Yeah. Yes, and so our boys were like, you know, they were little at the time, and they were really boisterous. And so Cammy took the point of being a good winner. <laughs> and a good loser. So there was a lesson there, but they were clearly cheering for Canada. You know, I'm, I'm Canadian. Tough? Yeah. I want Canada yeah. to win. Of course I do. And she wants the U S to win. There and, you, you know, and, and a lot of the girls that are playing in particular, you know, Cam has been, uh, has been a mentor and, uh, you know, a, a person they look up to. And so she has connections to them. So of course she cheers for them. And I, I think the, you know, she pointed out like, you know, you cheer for where you're from, of course, but mm-hmm. what she loved about the latest tours that the, the women in particular hockey players are going on is that the kids, the girls, the young boys, they watch, they just look at them as a great player. In Canada, it used to be, they just looked at the Canadian players and in the U S they just looked at the U S players, but it doesn't matter. It's just a great player. You know, like I would know Trevor yeah. Zegras is a United, is a player from the United States. I would know that, but I just think, hey, Zegras is a great player. I know Austin mm-hmm. Matthews is from the U.S. I know Connor McDavid's from Canada. They're just great players, and that's the way the women's game, as it continues to grow, is going, and that's only good for the game. Agreed. Yeah, especially when it's just in the spotlight and people are enjoying the game, enjoying the players versus right. being countries. But I'm glad you're. Team Canada over here. My boyfriend's American, so boo. Well, yeah. But, so sorry, when they win, yeah, America. boo to him, and right. <laughs> yeah, it's the way it I'm goes. I'm a super sore loser. Canada lost World Juniors last year. I was like, I want to recount. Well, we're we're on the way to that soon, Julie. We're on the way to that again. <laughs> I know, I know. We're gonna get to that in one second, but before, or well, it's gonna happen after. But on the Olympic note, um, just we know that it's like kind of precarious going forward, just with mm-hmm. COVID and uh, so much going on. Um, Robin Leonard's statement this week. Uh, tweeting that he's not going based on the, his own concerns and whatnot. What do you yeah. what do you think about what's the pulse of players and and coaches around the league about what he said? Oh, I don't think anybody has a problem with it. Um, I think it, like a lot of things that have happened uh, over the past I don't know is it a year or two years with Robin. He says things that are on other people's minds, you know, and he had to go through. 50 miles of muddy road to get to the place in his life where he's at, which is, I I mean, when you look at it, you're like, how could you not be happy for him to have to go through what he went through to get to a place where he's like, this is what I think. Like, I think we'd all like to be like that. And there are lots of things we just, you know, you kind of tuck away because you're not sure. Should I say it? Should I not? And he just says, nope, this is it. 
So he says he's not going to the Olympics because of the concerns he has. Now, if I were one of those players, I would be really concerned about going over there and ending up with COVID somehow. And then what do you do? You got to quarantine in China for two weeks? No, thank you. Like, so I'd have to. So just think, they come back. Think of this scenario. Last week of the tournament, uh, Austin Matthews test positive. Connor McDavid test positive for COVID. They've got to stay behind for two weeks in China. The NHL season is starting. So now they miss two weeks of the NHL season. Then they come back. Look, you were over at the Olympics this past year. How long did your jet lag take? Weeks, right? Um, before I'm you, still, yeah, I'm still doing. Like before that. you feel That's like more PTSD, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're like, man, like just in, in just to get just to get back into shape. So they're going to lose somebody that tests positive is going to lose two to three weeks of play least, to come yeah. back. Those. Like, who wants to do that? I get they want to go. My gut is a lot of people are starting to wonder if it's possible, if it makes sense. And so I used to think it was like, man, they're going anyway. And then I got to kind of 80-20. And I'm closer to 50-50 right now than I've ever been. And what do you think about the rest of the league and players? Do you think that they're feeling at all like you are? The guys that aren't going? they're all in favor of it because that's three weeks holiday. Agreed, that, yeah. I mean, like I, I, when I hear all the time, yeah, the players are overwhelmingly in favor of going to the Olympics. Yeah. Like 500 of them don't even have to worry about it. They get to go to a beach. <laughs> so of course they're in favor of it. I would be. Yeah, you're right. Only a small number of them are actually going. <laughs> yeah. We'll get two <laughs> votes in. So I, I think the players want to go Julie, but I, I my sense is more of them, the ones that are directly involved, are, are starting to get just a little bit nervous about, okay, so if we go, what exactly can we do? The answer is nothing. Like, they're Not going to go there and sit in a hotel. And if, if people, I don't think people know until you experience it what a bubble is like to live in. I did it in Edmonton for three weeks last year. And I know we all talk about mental health way more than we ever did in the past. It's not good. Like three weeks, I was like, I got to get out of this room. We weren't allowed. Like you would go down the hallway, into the elevator, take your temperature uh, at the, in the lobby, allowed to walk outside from the front door of the hotel into the bus or the car that was waiting, go to the rink, walk into the rink, do your COVID test and go to the game. That was it. Three weeks. Yeah. Sucked. And it was, it's yeah. bad for you because all you're left with is your brain to play tricks on you. Mm-hmm. And, and I found it, I found it really hard. And, and I will say it took me time mentally to get past that. Right. Like I, I just, when I got back in the airport the next day, I was like, oh my God, there's people around here. I don't like this. Mm-hmm. Like it, it right. was... It was hard. It was really hard. I mean, because you're you're dealing with that, and then you're also thinking about I don't want to test positive. What happens if I do? Right on top of the competition. Did you also feel if you test positive? Oh my God, what have I done? Not just with me, but to everybody else I've been around here. Because you if, realize, oh, what other countries have I been around? And then what other? Yeah, like you don't even and, know. You can't. You start. There were a couple times I'm like, you know, I'm not feeling great, and. 
no, I must have COVID, of course, is where you go to, or at least I do. Yeah. I go from zero to a hundred in like, like that. And so I start thinking, okay, who was I around? Like, who would I have to tell? And, and, and I, it just, it started like, I could feel the stress building in me. The one thing I will say, so that was a year ago, by about the eighth day, when the only people you're around have been testing every day, it was the first time I didn't think about COVID. I'm like, I could be licking a, a handrail. There's <laughs> nobody that has been out of this bubble. Yeah, that's good at least. That was the only positive like part of it. Like having that peace of mind. Right. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I turned down the Olympics this year. Uh, it was hard to do, but I'm not going to go do it. And it, and I'll tell you, it, 100%, it was because of last year. And I'm like, I just did this for three weeks. I can't do it again. I just, it's not good for me to do again. And I'm going to hate not doing it. In particular, if the mm-hmm. NHL guys go, I'm going to hate it. Um, I'm going to feel like I missed out, but I, I just, I couldn't do it. It's, it's so much to put yourself through. <clears throat> Excuse me. I also turned it down as well um, for different reasons, but also the same of having to do, it's a lot to put yourself through while you're also trying to do your job and you're dealing with a global pandemic that isn't eradicated yet, you know, and there's also so many other reasons in China that are problematic for competition at this point well i was gonna say now if it were julie i might i might have thought different if it was in uh well almost any place else i might have thought differently but i'm just staying behind in china for two weeks just really didn't do it for me what so you have have to think that possibly go wrong right you have to think of the worst case scenario like you, you have to. And then I'm like, yeah, okay. So they come back, the league starts, my job starts and I'm in quarantine in China. Oh, I'm sure my employers are going to be thrilled with that. Right. So you, you never I, know what kind of, what kind of health you're in at that point too. And you're at the right. hospitals and you're dealing with all yeah, this it, stuff. For me, like it was, it's, it's a lot. Like I said, it was hard, but once I let it go, I haven't even like, once I said, okay, I'm not going to do it. Um, I haven't really thought about it again. I'm like, I, I, I yeah. know I made the right decision for me. Agreed. And I agree at the, at the time you're going to feel FOMO, but now sure. you recognize it. But I also know yeah. people going and I know that my editor's like going to have to cut out a ton of this stuff, but I know people going who are, are do not want to go that are just like, Oh God, I'm really, really don't want to go now. <laughs> I mean, how could you not feel that way? So We'll have to see what happens, but thank you so much for the insight. Oh, thank yeah, but I hope the players go. I want to see them play. I'd love to see them play in the Olympics. It would be great, but I want them to go and be okay going. And I want if they go, my first thought will be as they leave. Damn, I hope these guys all get back okay. Like I hope it all goes smooth. That's what I would think yeah. as they're going. That's the way my brain works. Yeah. Isn't it, what a world that we live in right now uh-huh. with this, uh, especially in 2022 coming up. Um, okay, well, we uh, we have had an awesome time drinking and banking here with Ray Ferrara. What do you got in that and, mug, by the way? Uh, I mean, what do I not have in this mug? Um, I mean, over the course right. of your show, what have you had in that <laughs> mug? Uh, like literally every different drink in the world. 
Um, but I'm trying Perfect. to, you know, it's holiday season. So we're shooting this at 11 a.m. on a Wednesday. I'm trying to ease myself into it. There, there could be any number of things in this. But also then I don't want to be ruined for the rest of the day because I had like, you know, Bailey's sure. and whatever in the morning and then can't like work. Now, now are you a holiday person? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not a holiday person at all. No, but I mean, is your whole place like that? Yeah, yeah. It's, I am elf. I just, my boyfriend came, woke up one day and it was like, I had just everything done. I had 40 minutes of sleep and I just finished the whole place. So it yeah. feels good, you know, I, uh, if we're not going to do anything from, else. <laughs> I came home from my last trip and there were boxes all over the the living area. And I'm like, what? It was November. And I'm like, what is going on? And Cammy's like, yeah, it's time to get it going. It. And so we've got stuff hanging all, but we just got a new puppy. Well, he's eight months old. Oh, and so Ollie, uh, he's called a Cavapoo, uh, Cavalier Spaniel Poodle. He's about 20 pounds. And uh, my daughter-in-law sent me a video of him the other day. He was on the counter eating the food. We haven't quite got the training down yet on him. So I'm not sure how these ornaments are going to make it. You know? Well, he's but, taking after you, of course, with oh, uh, there's you know, nothing the left. chicken parm. Once, so. Yeah, once Ollie <laughs> gets through, there is nothing left, I'll tell you. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, uh, Ray, where can we find you next? I know we couldn't get into World Junior Talk right now, but we will yep. have to at some point. But you got a lot on the sure. docket. Where can people find you? Uh, okay, next couple of next couple of weeks, really, just in Canada. Um, I have games on the 14th and 16th in Calgary and Edmonton. Uh, the Leafs are through there, uh, and then I lock down on the World Juniors. I got to start learning 200 teenagers uh, for the World Junior Tournament. And um, we start on Christmas, well, uh, Boxing Day. Uh, so I'll have Christmas at home. Uh, Boxing Day uh, start in Edmonton. Uh, the tournament ends on January the 5th at 8 o'clock. I'm on an 11 o'clock flight. I'll be in uh, for ESPN uh, Pittsburgh and Philly the next night, January 6th. Yay. And then I'm back into – so I am going to – if you see a disheveled, mismatched human – on the 6th, I don't want any comments. That's just, it could happen. If you follow my, if you follow Gord Miller's Twitter, I like to think I'm organized. However, there are some travel follies that seem to follow me. Hey, I mean, so, you have to be organized to even just remember that schedule. So kudos to you. Well, yeah, but I do get some help because last Sunday, I didn't know until the, five days before I had the game in Winnipeg because I, in a casual conversation, I said to Gord, yeah, I don't like those Jets third jerseys. They can't see the numbers. I said, but it doesn't bug me. We don't have any games. He's like, yeah, we're there Sunday. <laughs> I thought I was a, an extra day in Arizona. I was going to play golf. And so oh, I got to call ESPN like travel and TSN travel and all these poor travel people there. They must be going like, you're an idiot, but I made it. Yeah, with that schedule, it's too bad. Golf in Arizona, Winnipeg Jets game. I don't know which one uh, prevails. But, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, can't wait to see you and Gord and World Juniors, best time of the year, Red Deer, Alberta. Mwah, love watching it, Boxing Day. And this is a super Canadian conversation, although I know there's some <laughs> Americans out there that are dialed in as well. Uh, thank you so much, Ray, for joining us here on the show. I know you're super busy. Love the insight. Love 
chatting with you. Good luck with the rest of the season. And guys out there, you can follow him at Ray Ferraro TSN on Twitter. And for us, make sure you follow us at Fubo Sports on all of our social channels, as well as our YouTube channel at Fubo Sports for all of our other interviews and more. And until next time, bottoms up, bitches. <laughs>